Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. <laughs> How y'all doing today? I think we're doing all as well as can be expected. Uh, uh, JP, JP and I, hot day. Uh, well, JP and I, went we, to cool our, our jets, we went across the uh, the uh, back alley there to uh, the fine Creek Monkey in uh, downtown Martinez. That's true. Yeah, we, this is a true story. We went, we went and had had a few beers. I, I knocked back a few pints of uh, Evil Twin, and uh, JP had some other breweries beer and uh, lunch. And uh, <laughs> I don't recommend it. Just only to, drink heretic beers. Yes, just just to get greased up for the show. And uh, it, was, it was very lovely. And uh, owner there, bar managers there, went over and had a good time. And uh, uh, it's it's a great place. Uh, a lot of a lot of fun and uh, good beers. So, I'm looking forward to eating there next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, if you, uh, you know, I think uh, at some point, I think the uh, Brewing Network is going to invite, uh, like, members of the live audience to come down and hang out and watch the show being done. And then you go over to Creek Monkey, knock back a few beers. Well, let's It'd not get out of hand. Quite the experience. No one wants to deal with the live <laughs> audience. Well. They're the all homebrewers, for the, God's sake. The point being, I think if you come down and hang out at at Creek Monkey, I think uh, there's a pretty good chance of seeing some bring that work people over there. That's true. You're absolutely right about that. That is that is the local watering hole to the uh, to the new uh, fine Double D Studios in uh, downtown uh, Martinez and parking mm-hmm. free parking. If you go down, I discover if you go down to uh, the the corner of uh, Crack and Ho, uh, <laughs> there's free parking, free parking down there, and it's it's really not far from the studio. I uh, walked. From there through the lovely, uh, there's a nice shaded pedestrian walkways and very beautiful when you're in the parking metered area. If you get into the free parking, <laughs> not quite as lovely. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. So what's up with you, uh, Monsieur Palmer? Oh well, let's see. Um, just kind of taking my July break here before. Um, we head down to Disney World with the family. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah what? Going to big Disney World uh, for a full now, seven it's, days. It's, see, the weird thing here is, pass. You you, oh, you live man. you live like thirty minutes from Disneyland. Yeah, the original, right. the best, and you're going to fly across the country to go to Disney World. <laughs> it's like Cause it's not in my backyard. It's like it's there you know for exotic. You, you got you got the, you got the hot wife that you're banging on a regular basis, 
And then there's some skanky hoe. This is this is the the premise of uh, Fatal Attraction, by the way. Right. I oh, mean, yeah, okay. dudes, dudes riding a Harley every day, and then he goes out with Glenn Close, essentially like a moped, a Vespa, because it's different, <laughs> you know. And so uh, you're going to uh, Disney World just because it's different, you know. Well, I understand they have porn um, dwarves at uh, Disney World and Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I took I took the kids to uh, just got back uh, last night. Not even uh, like twelve hours ago or thirteen hours ago, I got back from uh, uh, Europe. I took the kids ah, out there for two weeks. So you're Bruce Strong withdrawal there, huh? Yes. And so I, was, I, I emailed you guys. I'm like, hey, let's do some shows real quick. I need some man time. I need some man time. I need some beer. Yeah, uh, went out. And we we did Germany, Belgium, uh, England. Uh, stop by Cantillon. Had a, had an awesome time. It was uh, wow. Just uh, yeah, and I, I so uh, my oldest daughter's 18, and uh, we're in Belgium. We're at Cantillon. I'm like, well, yeah, you're old enough to drink. No way. She's 18. I didn't know that. She's 18. Yay. Oh, hey. hey. <laughs> Watch yourself. <laughs> Shit. And so, uh, you know, I'm like, you know, you guys get get the samples. My youngest daughter wouldn't even get me the, the sample so I could drink it. She's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh. She's like, you know, you, you, you got enough beer. But my oldest daughter, she's like, oh, yeah, I'll try it. So she tried uh, the beers of Cantillon. She's tried other beers before. Didn't really care for them. The beers of Cantillon, she enjoyed. She was like, "Yeah, that's actually really good." Really? So she, yeah, wow. she like totally got into it. She liked liked the the beers of Cantillon, and then we we uh, hit a couple other places in uh, in Belgium, and what she loved were all the Lambic uh, uh, beers. So uh, the Goose, the the Faro, the uh, yeah, we tried some Creek, some Pesh, some uh, Frambois, and she. Uh, those are all the ones that she really enjoyed. She's like, "Yeah, these are these are good. They don't taste like the other beers that you know you've had me try." So uh, wow, that's gonna. She's <laughs> right. she's definitely got her her bar set pretty high. Huh? Absolutely. So uh, yeah, that, and then then oh, my planning uh, for a cool ship at Heretic uh, uh, came to pass. I'm like, all right, so we need a cool ship. <laughs> we need to <laughs> we need to spontaneously ferment. I told Chris about it today. He's like, he's like, yeah, okay, sure, sure, whatever you want. All right, we'll do it. Okay, so yeah, we're gonna do that. Now you, you're, you've got some international travel coming up for you, don't you? Yeah, I'm heading to Buenos Aires in August. Buenos Aires, sixteenth, the weekend of the sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth of month year. Come on, people uh, are listening to this on podcast <laughs> every month. August uh, 2012 here. I'm heading to uh-huh. Buenos Aires. Nice. And what are you going to do there? Well, um, I'm going to star in the remake of Evita. And, <laughs> yes. Uh, is that is that right? I think so. I think but anyway, yeah, I'm going down for their, for their uh, Argentinian uh, Home Brewers Craft Brewers Conference. Nice. And I'm looking forward to speaking on several topics and uh, seeing all my my friends from uh, Brazil and Brian Cyrus that were up in the at the Brazilian conference too, oh. so great time. You're quite the international traveler now. I'm what getting thing? to be. I, I, I have yet to go to Europe, unfortunately, but uh, yeah. hopefully that will come along. And then one of these years, maybe our Canadian neighbors will invite us up there. Yeah, you're doing all the uh, the uh, south of the border stuff. You did Mexico and Brazil yeah. and. Now, Buenos Aires. 
having a yeah. having a, yeah, quite the south of the border experience. Yeah, they yeah, what's up? What's up with the Canadians? Come on, yeah, well, they're Canadians. What are you guys? They they have invited me, but uh, nobody's offered to pay. So I'm like, well, hey, oh. you know, I'm cheap. <laughs> what are you going to do? Me yeah. too. You're cheap. I'm cheap. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Well, yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you what's not cheap. A long way to walk. I'll tell you what's not cheap. The quality of a Blickman engineered brewing system. That's right. Those top tiers, that's top tier stuff. They are. That's, that's innovation for your home brewing. Innovating your home brew. That is true. Blickman Engineering. Check them out. Blickman with two N's, engineering.com. Yeah, uh, they've been a long-time sponsor of this show, and uh, great folks there. Uh, got a chance to hang out with them some more at the uh, the conference in Seattle. And like always, the more I hang out with these guys, the more I like them. Uh, great yeah, great group of folks. Friendly, funny, uh, you know, constantly thinking about uh, engineering-type things and uh, really interested in just you know, being a great member of the community, and I think that's why they sponsored this show. So uh, uh, very cool. Uh, show them your support. Show them your love. Go to BlickmanEngineering.com and, and check out what the, the, the stuff they have to offer. They're always coming up with new stuff. Check it out. And uh, make sure you email them and tell them how much you appreciate they, they pay for the show since you don't have to. That's all you got to do. You know, I, I'm not asking you to spend any money. Just go out there. Check out their stuff. Send them an email. Tell them what you think. Tell them you appreciate it. That's all I want you to do. Uh, just tell them how much you love it. So, uh, uh, good stuff. BlickmanEngineering.com. Well, Speaking of other good stuff, we're going to continue our progasm. So, yes. our last uh, three shows, we talked about uh, uh, the brewing as a business. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the the type of thinking you have to have going into this type of business. Uh, you know, what's what's rational, what's crazy. That was our first show. Then we, we talked about getting started. Uh, you know, making your commitment, um, you know, all, all the things that you need to do in order to make uh, a brewery successful. And we got into um, you know, the type of brewery and the yeah. location of the brewery and how the location really plays a big part of, you know, what kind of, you know, you need to decide what kind of brewery you're going to do, packaging or retail, uh, how your location plays into that, uh, you know, makes makes some big big uh impact yeah. on what you're going to do yeah plan for success but don't don't out plan yourself and uh right plan into a hole yeah you have to it's a real balancing act i'm looking at uh buildings for our new brewery and uh you know it's like okay so you can have sixty thousand feet okay well that, that should handle our growth but i really can't afford that you know now or you can have 2,000 feet. Uh, I can afford that now, but not enough room for growth. You know, you need to you need to find the right size. You need to plan for, uh, you know, how you're going to expand. It's like, well, what's the next uh, unit over to us? Can I have first right of refusal on renewing their lease? You know, if they're, when their lease comes up, can I uh, have first shot at it versus, you know, something else? So you, you need to take all those things to account when you're when you're doing, dealing with locations. Maybe we we should get into that some more uh, going point. forward when we get into get into uh, yeah the, it's the whole the whole options on the lease. Um, yeah, I've been I've been negotiating leases now for a couple of months. 
and there's all sorts of things that you need to you know that you can throw in there or not um yeah maybe we need a separate show on that i don't know once i once i get this lease signed maybe maybe we should do that yeah yeah, don't want to don't want to jinx it all right no all right so today though what we're going to talk about is financials uh and this is pretty much the hardest part for for most folks but uh we're going to kind of delve into, uh, you know, how you get this money. Uh, you know, what kind of options do you have? You know, how much money do you need? How do you figure out how much money you need? Uh, you know, we're, we're going to get into all that. All right, let's do this. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll, we'll dive into the financials part and have a lot more fun on our program. Back after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant well thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The auto sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. BN Army, Hop Tech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. Hop Tech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of whole leaf hops. And Hop Tech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's Nottingham and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeve shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. 
Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like pub discounts that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymergy Magazine and eZymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love. And access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join right now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. I think the the premium subscribers should get, get the uh, the extra download of all the uh, in between conversations we have <laughs> during the breaks. Should just be uh, they would learn the whole manscaping, and I mean it was like five minutes of manscaping, <laughs> and the real reason why John Palmer's going to Brazil all the time, right? For that waxing, yeah, no. He needs to find a speedo. I'm sorry, John. I, I told your your secret. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, JB. Don't don't cry. It's okay. It's all right. It's gonna gonna be just fine. 
just fine. <laughs> All right, you make me feel better. All right, so we're we're, we're talking the progasm. Uh, if you're if you're looking to uh, you know open your own brewery, uh, you know this, this series of shows is for you. Uh, you know, a lot of people are interested in it, but uh, have not had a chance to kind of you know have any sort of education in doing it. And one of the toughest parts for most breweries is, or most you know, breweries and planning is financials. First off, uh, they don't know how much they need, and once they figure out how much they need, they don't know how to get that money. Uh, you know, it's like, it, and that's probably the thing that stops most breweries. It's like, well, you know, where am I going to come up with a million dollars to open a brewery? It's kind of uh, like dating, really, when you think about it. It is. You need a million dollars to get some women to date you. Well, the right ones you do. <laughs> yeah, I spent a million. Like I drop it like that, you know. You know those women. I, uh, you know, no. <laughs> what do you <laughs> well, mean? You what do you mean, John? Take you, take you, take the mentor to take you into the wing, and you know, exp- you know, give you that inside uh, advice on you know, <laughs> don't put your money there, put it over here, or uh, you know, you're gonna need way more than that. That kind of thing. I still don't understand what that has to do with dating. <laughs> you have a different definition of dating than I do. I think I think that may be maybe the case. <sighs> Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> right. I was trying to work with you there. I, I, yeah, I, just yeah, kinda, kinda I was. Lost. I was trying I to the weeds there. Get into the, but it didn't work. So we'll just we'll just move on. Okay. All right. So again, this is the hardest part for for most most startup breweries, and the couple of things that you're going to need to to keep in mind overall is you know a lot of times when you're trying to determine how much money you need the thing is um you know people just look at the startup they look at uh oh all right so i need you know x number of dollars to buy my brew system i need x number of dollars for fermenters i need x number of dollars for kegs i need uh you know this that the other thing and you know, they they look up their at their startup money. You need more money than it takes to just get past to for the startup phase. You need to get past the startup phase. You need to have you know operating capital to run you. You know, at least a year into the thing. Uh, you know, you might get by with a year, two years would be ideal. Uh, you know, a year might work. Six months is really pushing it. Uh, you know, you need your operating capital because keep in mind when you first get started, uh, you, know, you you need to lease a building or own a building, and then you need to uh, you know do all sorts of retrofits, things like that. That's one of the things you can do in the lease is you can tell your uh, your landlord before you sign the lease. You say, well. Uh, it's going to take me three months to do you know the type of retrofit I need to do before I can actually start operating my business. I want you to give me the first three months rent free, then I'll start paying rent at the beginning of month three, or you know the, uh, on the fourth month, and uh, you know so on and so forth. And most landlords are quite open to that because they realize that you're not generating any revenue off that property. Uh, you know they want you to be in business and be able to pay your rent, so. If it takes a few months for that startup thing, right there, that can save you a considerable amount of money off of your startup costs and your your running costs. But I didn't still, realize they do that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, they're open to anything as long as it makes financial sense, and that's one of the easiest things 
to, to get and, and a very common request because the building's sitting empty right now. If they don't rent um, it to you, it's still going to sit empty for another three months before they can rent it, So unless it's a really hot market. So they'll go ahead and give you those three months for free just to lock you in uh, to doing it. And they realize that you know if you need to bear those costs during your setup time, it, it can bleed you dry. Okay, it makes sense. Yep. Yeah, because you also got to pay you know salaries, I guess you know for right. anybody that you hire. Right, right. Uh, your own salary if you've quit your job. Uh, you know, anything else you need? Utilities. Uh, you know, if you if you've got a loan that you're taking out in order to get some of this this equipment or something like that, you need to start paying on the loan. Although there's ways to you know delay the the startup of of some loans or pay interest only for initial part or you know things like that. But the point being, you really need to pay attention to not only your initial costs of getting into a, a, a building, but the money to run for a certain amount of time. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll get into your building, you'll do all your trench drains, your utility upgrades, you'll get your coal room in, you get all this stuff in there. Uh, you know, it takes time, three months down the, the road for that. You'll get running, you'll get your malt in, you know, maybe it's a couple extra months until your license gets through. Maybe there's a problem with your ABC license or your TTB license. And we'll talk about licensing in the in the, the next show. But maybe there's a problem with that that delays you a couple more months. And you need to be, and now you're paying your rent. So you need to be able to, you know, survive those kinds of problems. And then once you do brew beer... You need to, you know, brew it. You wait for it to ferment. You got to package it. You got to start selling to accounts. And then, you know, some states it's cash on delivery, and you know you'll get your cash immediately. But some states it's thirty days. In California, you know, retailers are allowed thirty days. You can demand cash on delivery, but a lot of places want to run thirty days. So there's an extra thirty days before you get your money out of it. And uh, you know it can it can take some time. It can take months and months and months to start getting revenue flowing in. So you need to be prepared to withstand that period of no revenue coming in. Don't assume that the minute you open those doors, you're going to have revenue. And uh, I think that's a you know a common common problem for a lot of startup breweries. Hmm. So. Um what I mean, how much money ballpark are we talking for the different kinds of breweries? I mean, um, you know, for small brew pubs, five barrel or ten barrel systems versus twenty. I mean, you you started out with like what a twenty was it? Or a 30? It's a thirty barrel brew house. Well, and it depends. You know, we talked about this in one of the previous shows. You know, the type of brewery that you're setting up. Uh, you know, if you're doing contract brewing, then your your initial outlay is much smaller. If you're going to do, uh, you know, a, a shared brewery, an alternating proprietorship, or a you know, kind of leasing space in another brewery, that's a little bit more expensive, depending on how much of the equipment you buy yourself. Uh, and then there's the traditional brewery where you're, you know, buying everything yourself from from day one. Uh, that really really adds up. So. Uh, you know, your expenses are going to vary there. Now, I can tell you, going to open our new facility uh, for Heretic, uh, I need about a million dollars to do that. It's, um, you know, the the brew plant. I got you, boo. Don't worry about it. The, yeah, I got oh, you thanks. covered. All right. You're welcome. Man. I see you cracking open your wallet there. I yeah, appreciate man. that. Um, 
you know, you know, all the building improvements, uh, you know, just all the ancillary equipment, forklifts and, you know, uh, extra little labware and things like that. You can really add up. So, uh, you know, about a million dollars is right for that 30 barrel, you know, capable of producing right out the gate, uh, you know, uh, 5,000 barrels. Uh, that's about about right. You can do it for less different places, of course, used equipment. Used equipment is very hard to find right now. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's one way of sizing it. Now, if you're looking at a nano, which I know a lot of you guys out there are, are looking at, I still, you know, yeah, you can put together a homebrew system for a few thousand dollars, you know, of good size. You can, uh, you know, your kegs, your fermenters, uh, you know, not too much for the building. Um... You know, if you're not paying yourself, then you know maybe you can get away with like twenty five grand or or thirty grand, something like that. If you're looking at a brew pub, eh, you know the restaurant aspect of it becomes really pricey. A full kitchen, uh, you know, dining room, all the food, the staff for that becomes very expensive. The brewery part, you know, is an added expense to that. I think if you're if you're looking to open a brew pub. Uh, with a rest, full-on restaurant, I would look for an existing restaurant that's gone out of business where you can go ahead and take over their kitchen. I've come across a couple of things. If I wanted to open a brew pub, came across one that's you know beautiful, you know sports bar uh, type of thing, restaurant, you know five thousand square feet, fully operational restaurant, and they're willing to get rid of it for like you know five thousand dollars a month, you know a dollar a foot rental. On the entire thing, fully operational restaurant, and then you throw in your your little pub operation there. You can find tremendous deals like that. And if I wasn't so focused on you know being a production brewer and afraid of the whole brew pub experience, then uh, <laughs> uh, I think uh, you know you could get a tremendous deal. Like if you if you know the restaurant business and you feel confident in that, I think you can find some great deals where. People just don't know how to run a restaurant and uh, go out, and you can find some nice, nice stuff and do that. So, you know, a brew pub, it could be millions. It could be, you know, could be a, a ton of money. Um, if you're going with a smaller brewery, you're going ten barrel, something like that, or a fifteen barrel, and you're going just basic industrial property, you can get a smaller, you know, place. Uh, you know, I, I think you know, you might get away with a few hundred thousand dollars uh, in something like that if you find some used equipment and uh, some operating capital. I, I think you could get away with that. Uh, you know, but when you're looking for new equipment and you know thirty barrel size and and all that, you're you get up there on some big big bucks. Do you find people um, underestimate the amount of money they need? Uh, into stuff? Yeah. 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 Did you? Uh, yeah. Yeah? yeah? Uh-huh. How did you feel when reality hit and you're like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I need, like, like damn. A- I need to put in a lot more money than I thought. Um, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. You know, well, I guess because, at that point, I mean, you know, what's another, yeah, yeah, it's, it's another few hundred thou, right? Right. It's like, just, ah, just write a check for, well. Yeah, just and, writing checks, dude. Who cares? So like, I'll just write a check for 10 grand to, to float us for this month. I'll just write a check for another... 20 grand to float us for this month so i'm writing all these checks yeah 
our, our personal stash, you know, yeah. the retirement savings. Not telling the wife when I'm writing these checks. <laughs> like, ah, you know, it's just like another 15. That'll, that'll float us to the next month. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. And I'm tallying them up in my head. I'm like, oh. at the end of the year, I'm thinking, wow, that's a lot of money. It really adds up. <laughs> but It's a know, great feeling when you're spending it, when you're writing the check. Oh, yeah. It's it's just, I don't know, I'm thinking to myself, all right, are we getting to a point where the, the, the money's flowing in faster than it's going out? And we got to that point, and we got to that point in a year, in less good. than a year. So yeah, it was yeah. good. Um, but... It, it, it's freaky writing those checks out of your personal account, seeing all that money go and all that money you've yeah. saved. And How many zeros? Like, right? Shit. You're just like, wow. And it just adds up because it's, you know, it's 10 one month, 20 another month, 15. And, you know, every month you're doing that. It's like, ah, that's a lot of money. So, uh, yeah, it, it goes pretty, pretty quick. Uh, you know, all right. So a lot of people go, well, you know, you had the money to, to do this. Um, I didn't have all the money to do it, but, uh, you know, to get started, I had a portion of the money and people, people say, all right, so I don't have the money. How do I get the money? And I, one of the things that I think is really critical to think about is, um, you know, where you get that money and, you know, how much control you have to give up for that money. Cause you know, you, you might be able to go in to something and have somebody provide the money and you give up 100% of the company, you're essentially an employee at that point, right? And right. I think for a lot of people, they don't want to be a brewery employee. They want to be a brewery owner. Or, you know, some people, they want to be a brewery employee. It's like, well, then go be a brewery employee. Don't open your own brewery to be a brewery employee. You know, uh, open your own brewery because you want that full control. So you need to be very careful that when you go to get your money, you're not giving up all of your control. I think it's very important for you to maintain at least 51% ownership so you can call all the shots and also, you know, to set expectations for the people you get your money from that you're going to call the shots, that it's your brewery, it's your thing, it's your stamp, it's, you know, the the brewery represents what you want to do otherwise you know just go go work at a brewery and if you want to just invest in a brewery then go invest in a brewery if you really want to own a brewery then you need to maintain that control regardless that's a good point because i know like our friend steve kinsey when he got his financing um it was from an investor you know up in their town lancaster mm-hmm. and i believe i mean I, I can't remember the exact arrangement but it was such that in the contract, Steve would eventually, you know, take full control of the brewery um, with inheritance rights mm-hmm. uh, for that business. So, um, I guess I'm, all I'm saying is that kind of of business relationship is also negotiable with your investors. That um, you know, maybe they're, they're you know they'll put up the money in, you know in the, in the beginning, but as they're paid back, then they relinquish control controlling interest in the brewery mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's that's an excellent point uh you know again all this stuff's negotiable no matter you know where you're getting the money there's nothing uh you know set in stone a lot of times so, you know sometimes sba loans things like that uh you know they have certain rules that they need to follow and uh you know that can affect the language of your deal uh but when you're trying to get money from, let's say, family and friends, you have a lot more flexibility. And, 
And I think it's just very important to set expectations from from the beginning. You know who's running things and who's not, and uh, you know that can affect you know how you're getting your money. Uh, speaking of family and friends, there's a couple of things to be aware of when you want to you know get investors if you're if you're looking at an investor that is owning uh, more than uh, or 10 percent or more of the company they need to go through they need to be checked by the ttb and abc as well at least in california and, and for the feds they want to see that those people are not you know certain kinds of criminals that their money wasn't from uh, you'll need to prove that their money didn't come from some sort of a criminal enterprise um, if they've had any previous problems with alcohol licensing if they had a, a bar or something like that and you know was shut down for some sort of problems things like that you can't have those people invest in your business it's going to be a problem so you need to make sure that the money that you're getting is coming from a source that you know is you know clean and not crime derived and they ask ask you to prove that the money isn't coming from any sort of you know mafia or something like that and uh so that's kind of the, the magic 10 percent uh rule is anybody that's 10 percent or more they're going to need all you need all their background information social security number all that stuff and you submit that along with your paperwork and they get you know they go through the scrutiny as well uh so for some people maybe they don't want to you know be uh in that that group then you want to keep them below 10 percent 20 percent is your next magic mark uh when you're getting money from people when you own 20% or more of a, of a corporation like this, um, you know, a close corporation, the any any loans that are made uh, to the corporation, any individual that has 20% or more uh, equity in the in the company is required to personally guarantee the debts of the company. So if you think you're going to get a loan from the SBA or any anywhere and not personally guarantee it with your own house and cars and everything you own, uh, you're mistaken. Uh, unless your company is really solvent and doing great and you don't really need the money, they're going to ask you to personally guarantee it. So anybody, 20%, if you have any investors that are, uh, you know, have a lot of funds and they don't want to risk everything they own, they're going to want to be you know, below 20%. A lot of times when you go for things like SBA loans or something like that, they they have the uh, option to ask you uh, or to you know to tell you that all those other people need to guarantee the loan as well, personally guarantee the loan. So that can happen, uh, you know, when you're when you're going for that kind of uh, financing, SBA loans, uh, city loans, things like that. Uh, and you know because. These people are going to get scrutinized. You don't want any felons. You don't want those people, especially alcohol-related felonies or you know import-export felonies or things like that or you know stock trading felonies. You don't want those kinds of people investing in your business because that may actually stop you from getting your licensing. So you need to be kind of careful of that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so I talked about loans briefly. Um, SBA loans. Hey, yeah, Jamil. Um- what I mean, in terms of invest, you know, family and friends investing in a brewery, um, is it? And I guess that maybe this comes down to just individuals, but I mean, is it typical to expect 
uh, some kind of return on the investment, you know, in terms of percentage, or um, is it more common in in the beer business to um, just do a straight payback kind of thing? Well, that's that's an interesting question, and uh, you know, any small business. It can't you know if if somebody in a small business guarantees you any sort of return, they're lying to you. And yeah. I've had people that wanted to invest, and I told them it's like, okay, well, you can invest, and you know, here's the here are the numbers, uh, and they're like, well, you know, what's my return? It's like zero. Uh, you know, you you buy in and. Uh, you know, if you if you think we're going to be wildly successful, then you know that's that's up to you. You'll you know you would make money off of that. You know your your equity later on is going to be huge. Uh, but I'm not going to guarantee any return to anybody because that would be dishonest. Because you know mm-hmm. I as much as I like to think you know I I've projected my numbers and I I look at our 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 growth and things like that and I think oh well you know. For me, it makes worlds of sense, and I'm real excited. I can't guarantee that to anybody. They, who knows what's going to happen? There's, there's, you know, possibility we're out of business tomorrow. So, you know, I, I can't guarantee any return. Now, uh, we'll get into kind of stocks and um, you know things. There's this thing called a, a Reg D offering, and there's ways of structuring that with preferred stock versus common stock. Um, uh, and and that and we'll get get to that after the break. But that's a that's a good way of you can do things like kind of guarantee a return if you guys are successful. Uh, let's do this. Um, all right. So SBA loans, city loans. Uh, that sometimes cities will have a loan fund for developing business. Uh, what I did is contact all the cities around me and ask them which ones were most interested in seeing our brewery locate there. And then, you know, they're like, yeah, we got a little bit of money. We can loan you, things like that. That's a, a good thing to do. Redevelopment dollars. In California, all those went away. Before that, they had tons of money to give away. Uh, some states mil- may still have redevelopment funds. Again, contact the cities and ask them, hey, you know, what can you help me do to locate a business there? Uh, and then there's a thing called the Grow America Fund. Uh, they work with cities to leverage cities loan funds to expand them greatly and uh, loan you money to uh, to grow your businesses. And then there's the the crowdfunding, the uh, you know getting on the internet and having people donate five bucks a piece and uh, and do those things. There's the rules are changing on those as well. And uh, it's kind of related to Reg D offerings. So let's do this. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll get into, uh, you know, stock offerings and Reg D and all that. Back after this. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the the next meeting. Kids, come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. 
That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Seven short minutes off California State Route 101, there lies a secret oasis for all craft beer lovers. It's relax, grilling, and chilling, bro! Relax, grilling, and chilling in Hollister, California is a craft beer lover's dream come true. Not like a creepy JP dream. Like a normal craft beer lover's dream. 30 taps pouring your favorite craft beer. Visit Relax Grilling and Chilling on Facebook to see the most up-to-date beers and what's on the grill. And let us grill so you can chill. Angus burgers, filet mignon, and ribeye steaks, dogs and sandwiches, and more. Great food, great beer in a place where you can kick back and relax. Tuesdays are brewery nights. Come in to celebrate. And you're not limited to enjoying your favorite brew at the restaurant. Relax, grilling, and chilling has beer to go. Relax, grilling, and chilling. Let them grill so you can chill. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. This summer, Reed Antis from New York won fully paid tuition to the 2012 World Brewing Academy Concise Course in Brewing Technology thanks to Lalamon and Ansar and their 2012 Beer School Contest. It was so much fun, they're doing it again. Announcing Danstar's Beer School 2013 Contest. From now until December 13th, 2012, every time you use Lalamond or Danstar Premium Brewing Yeast, your empty packet is your entry for a chance to win a professional brewing course. In the Beer School 2013 contest, Lalamond will sponsor two lucky winners, one professional brewer and one home brewer in a random drawing for fully paid tuition to the 2013 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth nearly $4,000. This course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Get your official entry form and rules at danstaryeast.com. Get brewing with the dry yeast advantage from Lalamond and Danstar, visit danstaryeast.com. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. 
Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right. Hey, one thing I wanted to tell you guys about is the AHA, the American Homebrewers Association. I'm a proud member, lifetime member, and uh, I've even been suffering, surfing on the uh, governing committee for the last eight years this is my ninth year was my, that a freudian thing yeah my, my final year uh because i and and the reason i did it is because i felt it was important and um i i think the aha has improved over the the last eight years uh, dramatically oh, and i think it's it really is focused on servicing the needs of the members and and truly representing home brewing in a in a great and powerful way and uh making sure that uh, you know, you all have a voice in uh, government, a voice, you know, a collective voice, somebody to, you know, uh, really represent the hobby. So I I really, truly believe that it, it is a good thing for all of us to be AHA members. And not everybody can afford it, I understand. It's like 38 bucks, and that's, that's not small money for, for a lot of people nowadays, uh, you know, tough economic times. But if you can... I, you know, when you can't afford it, I suggest it's worth doing. And an easy way to do it, you go to the, the Brewing Network uh, site, brewingnetwork.com. There's a link there to sign up. And when you do, a few of the bucks goes back to the Brewing Network and helps the Brewing Network at the same time. So you're helping out uh, yourself. You're helping out the community of home brewing, And you're helping out the Brewing Network all in one. And it's a, truly a good thing i really i really believe that or i wouldn't uh i wouldn't be saying it so check that out when you get a chance i think uh, the aha deserves your support just like the worry network does and uh, uh bless you for thinking of uh, both all right uh we're talking about the loans and we're talking about um uh john you, you brought up a question on uh return, the, yeah. uh, the return on investment so there's this thing called uh, uh, Regulation D offerings. And if you're looking for certain amounts of money, I think the first get, uh, price point is like a million dollars or less, you can actually offer stock and you can, uh, without you know this serious filing with the SEC, there's a, a Reg D 506 offering or 504, whatever it is, and you can uh, offer stock to people, and you know, take their money, and you you register with the various states once you do, and it's actually a, a pretty easy way to, you know, when you're when it's family, it's one thing you can kind of get away with it easy, and they become you know their their board members, 
and you know part of the company but when you want just people to be investors then you need to do something like this reg d offering and the current rules uh, require that you cannot generally solicit for investors so it needs to be people you know i could talk to jp if he had any money about investing in heretic i got I could, a dollar i could talk to uh, John Palmer, my friends who already know the, my business and all that stuff, I could talk to them about it and they could invest. But you can't, I couldn't get on the air and say, oh, come invest in Heretic because, uh, you know, we're offering stock. That wouldn't be allowed because that would be general solicitation to people I don't know. Everybody still needs to be an accredited investor. So they have to have like, you know, millions of dollars or they're making 200 grand a year, things like that. Um, so they have to have a lot of money because they don't want people that don't know a lot about investing, investing in these things without oversight because there's no oversight by the SEC on these things. Um, but it, it, it allows you a way to offer stock and, you know, as long as it's a small enough offering uh, to get that money. And you're limited to like 35 investors. The interesting thing is Obama signed the Jobs America thing back April 5th. And uh, what was supposed to happen was, I guess he directed the SEC to loosen up on the rules on cloud funding and Reg D offerings for solicitation so that these smaller companies could get started a little bit easier, could get their funding a little bit easier. And that was supposed to take place, go into effect July 5th of this year, 2012. But uh, they got an, the SEC got an extension for kind of figuring out the impact of that. And I believe the extension is to August 30th or something like that. At that point, uh, you know, they're directed to offer up, uh, you know, allow people to generally solicit for Reg D offerings and to change the rules on, on cloud funding, things like that. Um, they may also change the accredited investor limits. So instead of needing, you know, a million dollars in assets, you may need like five million all of a sudden. Instead of needing two hundred thousand a year in annual income, you may need a million in annual income. Who knows? They may change those numbers as well. So it may actually make it much harder for small businesses to get started than uh, before. You know, you'll have general solicitation, but you won't be able to go to your friends and get money from your friends anymore because all of a sudden your friends won't have enough, you know, won't be multimillionaires and uh, won't be able to invest. So who knows how that's going to change things. But that's, you know, in flux right now this year. But if you can take advantage of it, it's a, you know, a good way of of getting that funding in. And you decide, uh, you know, how much ownership of the company you're giving up and, uh, you know, in exchange for how much money. You need to you know set a balance on that. The interesting thing is, uh, you can do common stock. So the stock that uh, you know, as founder of the company that I hold in in Heretic is common stock. It's the you know it's it's the stock with you know it's the ownership of the company. There's another thing called preferred stock, and the reason they have preferred stock, and they, you know, don't take my strict advice on anything. Go talk to your attorneys and all this when you when you set this up but uh you know preferred stock allows you to set up separate kinds of stock with different kinds of rules it's not necessarily any better or any worse than common stock it just has a a separate set of rules so you could do things like uh, john was talking about um 
returns on investment. I could set a preferred stock that generates a 5% dividend, let's say, annually. So you invest in my company, I'm saying, well, you get a 5% return on your investment every year. And then, uh, you know, at some point, maybe the dividend goes away or maybe it's always there or maybe, you know, the stock converts at some point to common stock or, uh, you know, that preferred stock has no voting rights or it has, uh, you know, this, that or the other thing. You ever heard of a poison pill to prevent uh, takeover of a company? No. All right, so when a company has, uh, they don't want people to take it over, they issue a share of preferred stock, right? So I would mm-hmm. I would set up this share of preferred stock that gives, that I would own myself. And then if somebody tries to take over the company, certain rules come into place where it allows me to do, you know, this, that, or the other thing, or, uh, you know, it's it's just this super, you know, set of rules that comes into play, uh, you know, huh. which they call a poison pill. And that's done with preferred stock. So uh, you can set up the preferred stock. You could have say, all right, you're going to get 5% on your money annually. And you could set up to a point where that stock, uh, that, that dividend is guaranteed and it's paid every year or every quarter or whatever. Or it could be, it's always, it, that dividend's going to get paid. It may get pushed to the future, but you'll always get that money. Someday we'll pay you. Or it may be, yeah, that dividend will get paid if we can afford it. So you could set it up a, a multiple of ways. The issue is, and you know, you can set all this stuff up, and it may make somebody feel better about investing in the company. But to me, it's a lie because <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that you can really guarantee that, right? Uh, you know, if you could, then that's fine. You, you should do it, but. Uh, you know, I think people that you know base their investment decisions on that. I think that they're you know they're getting a false sense of security, and and maybe that's what you want to do. You want to get get people a false sense of security <laughs> in your business and uh, not really pay them in the end. I don't know, um, but uh, you know those are the kinds of things you can set up. You can set up dividends. You could set up uh, all sorts of special rules on preferred stock. Where all right, you know, you invest, you get this, and then. You know, five years in, we return half of your money uh, that you paid for the stock, and the rest becomes common stock, or you know, all sorts of rules uh, and all sorts of ways of setting it up. So, I would suggest, uh, you know, if you're interested in this, you look at the Reg D. Uh, there's websites out there about Regulation D offerings. Tons of them. Just Google them, and you can read about this. And there's companies that'll set you up. There's some companies that'll do it for cheap. Some companies that'll do it for ridiculously high amounts of money. But uh, it is something that uh, is available in order to to get money for your your uh, brewery. All right. One thing I wanted to to touch on uh, before we get into uh, questions and wrapping this up is um, speaking of touching. <laughs> speaking of touching. Speaking of touching, speaking of touching yourself, mm-hmm. oh, oh, and others, and others. If you like to touch yourself and others, I do a lot actually. <laughs> I've been arrested it's several actually, times. It's actually a pretty good segue in there. Thank you, buddy. Uh, you want to get yourself over to AdamandEve dot com. They're uh, our good uh, uh, sponsors. Been with us for for quite a while now, and uh, at AdamandEve dot com, you're going to get uh, a. a 
a, a great deal. If you go in there, you can enter the offer code Jamil, J-A-M-I-L. And when you do, they're going to do a few things for you. You're going to get uh, three free adult DVDs. And they're, they're DVDs that you get to choose your own genres. You get to choose from the genres such as anal, amateur, Asian, big breasts, big butts, bisexual, chunky, coeds, fetish, gay, interactive point of view, lesbian, MILFs, and uh, brewcaster on brewcaster, brewcaster on animal, animal on brewcaster, uh, etc. Use your headphones if you're at work. Use your headphones, yeah, and uh, and a uh, one of those privacy screens if you're at work. Uh, no, check them out. They got they got uh, thousands of products. What was it? Eighteen thousand products. I think it's something like that, like eighteen thousand products. Yeah. Uh, you use the offer code Jamel J A M I L. You're going to get fifty percent off of uh, almost any one item off the site. There, you're going to get three free adult DVDs, and you get to choose from all those categories and and more. Uh, you know, it's not just they're going to send you the the, the the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, the, the yeah. goat and Jello, goat and drink, green Jello uh, uh, yeah. DVDs. You get to choose. You're not getting a stag film from the seventies, <laughs> right? You're gonna you're gonna get uh, free shipping and a free extra gift. Uh, so essential we can't mention on the air. So uh, go check it out. You can even shop on your mobile phone. You go to adamandeve.com dot com and uh, on your mobile phone, and you can you can do this while you're in the privacy of the stall at work. Uh, while you're you're touching yourself, that's right. Go check it out today. Uh, good sponsors and uh, help paying for this program. All right. So uh, now we talked about touching yourself. Uh, all right. Um, one of the things that uh, we kind of touched on earlier is a lot of times people want to uh, save money in setting up their brewery. We talked about nanos and things like that, and. You need to be very careful when you're calculating how much money you need. The tendency is to, well, if I reduce the number of kegs I purchase down to, you know, two, I can, you know, from 2,000 down to two, I save money that way. Oh, I'll make my, uh, you know, brew length smaller. I'll go from, you know, 15 barrels, I'll go down to seven barrels and I'll save money that way. And, you know, you're looking to cut corners and save money in order to finance this thing. And I understand that desire, but you need to be very careful because as your volume grows, your process becomes more cost effective. You need to look at how much it costs you to produce an ounce of beer and how much you can sell that that ounce of beer for. And when you get small enough, imagine as a home brewer, Brewing an ounce of beer at a time. How much does that cost you to brew an ounce of beer versus brewing five gallons of beer? It's cheaper to brew, if you look at it as as cost per ounce, it's cheaper for you to brew five gallons at a time, right? Mm -hmm. Just the cost of driving to the the homebrew store for ingredients. The cost of the equipment. Uh, you know, uh, if you scaled everything at an ounce, you know, the cost of everything. Uh, Your labor. Uh, Ten you know, gallon batch versus the five. There's really no additional time at all, right? And your your additional cost, the the cost between the ten gallon kettles and the five gallon kettles, eh, not not a whole lot. It's certainly not twice as much. The same thing on ingredients. So, well, you double your ingredients, but you know, ingredients is actually a small part of the cost when you look at look at brewing. So you need to look at your cost by the ounce. You need to look at your profits by the ounce. And kind of figure out where you're going. If you if you cannot sell the beer for more than it costs you to make it by the ounce, then you're in real trouble. So you want to make sure that you do that math 
and avoid dialing it down too small trying to save on your initial capital because it'll screw you in the end it'll put you out of business you won't be able to make money at it and you need you know like we said in the first show this is a a business of selling beer and making a profit at selling beer it's not you know the only time it's a business for fun and enjoying yourself is if you're ridiculously wealthy to start with and you want to throw away money otherwise it's a business of selling beer and you need to keep that in mind all right, but Let's, but craft beer is is not a brand. <laughs> craft beer is about the experience and about it's enjoyment. Yeah. yeah, it's a pure thing, man. And I think once you bring in profit into it, you just totally ruin it, man. Well, there you go. You want to try my homebrew? Yeah. Let's do this. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll wrap up with uh, any questions from the chat right after this. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. When Michael Fairbrother started Moonlighting, he had no idea how quickly his dream was going to grow. Having homebrewed for 15 years, Michael decided to go pro, but not with beer. While attending his homebrew club meetings, he saw ladies knocking their men out of the way to try his mead. Moonlight Meadery is now two years old and can produce 200,000 bottles a year. It's the first New Hampshire winery to ever distribute to California and Australia. In fact, you can find Moonlight Meadery Meads in Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maine, Rhode Island, Vermont, and New Hampshire. And they ship direct to 17 states. They produce 56 different varieties of mead and are unlike anything you've ever seen on the market. Michael Fairbrother at Moonlight Meadery is a real success story that can make the BN Army proud. Visit Moonlight Meadery in Londonderry, New Hampshire or online at MoonlightMeadery.com. into the city. It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> oh, 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 it can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. 
is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver Shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes... ever dreamed of taking a beer tour through Belgium or Germany, but weren't sure how to even start? Or were afraid of missing the best places and events? Or maybe you just wish you had a local insider to take you around? Well, there's only one American tour company featured in the Good Beer Guide to Belgium, Belgian Beer Me. Your personal beer tour guide of Belgium and Germany is ready to go at BelgianBeerMe.com and at BambergBeerMe.com. Founder Stu Stewart personally leads eight tours a year to Belgium and Germany, visiting the finest breweries, beer cafes, abbeys, and festivals. Don't buy beer stuff. Buy a beer experience, birthday presents, stocking stuffers, and the best honeymoon ever. Couples or individuals love Belgian Beer Me beer tours. Your life is now. Sign up for a beer tour today at Belgian Beer Me or BambergBeerMe.com because all that beer is not going to drink itself. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. To the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. We're enjoying a progasm here and uh, talking about uh, financials and uh, you know where you get the money to uh, open your brewery. Uh, pardon me. A little. Creek monkey still creep, creeping up on me. Uh, but, um, yeah, it, it was gonna say, um, um, what was I gonna say? <laughs> Damn. That, 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 uh, the, the creek monkey reference just totally threw me. Yes. And I started thinking about beer. Started thinking about crotch monkeys, didn't you? <laughs> That's what I always think of. <laughs> Start getting a little hot and humid. Oh, well, right. we were talking about manscaping earlier. Right, right. And that's why I, when, I, I guess a kind of a uh, um, tangential question. I mean, does um, the TTB or the city, um, do, do any other agencies other than, you know, financial care where you get your money from? Um, is, is one source of money, I mean, if, if you're, you know, if you're looking to get started, I mean, is, is one source of money easier or better to go for than another 
Yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, like I was saying, you know, TTB cares where you get the money. The ABC cares where you get the money. Um, other than that, I think you know you're you're wide open, and you know they they will they will ask you where is the money coming from? How are you funding this brewery? And you know if if your answer is well, you know I'm selling crack on the sidelines, things yeah. like that. I think I think it may not may not fly. Bird trapping, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, SEC cares. You know, if you're selling stock and things like that, and how you're representing it. Um, yeah, there is some you know oversight, federal oversight, and state oversight of selling uh, shares of a company to to people in the United States. Um, so you have to be kind of cautious about that as well. And then um, you know, as far as distributors and such, the distribution companies can't invest in your in your brewery, um, but people who own stock in a distribution company could buy stock in your in your company. So that's okay. So that's that's kind of a thing to to be aware of as well. Um I think that the best money is your own money. You know, if you have the money, you can maintain 100% ownership of the company. You don't have to answer to anybody but yourself. Uh that's that's the best way to go. Uh, next would be somebody who's really understanding of what it takes to run a brewery, the risks, and somebody who can afford to lose their money. That would be a good one. And somebody who's going to allow you to have control, that would be the next best. Um, other than that, I think, you know, you, you need to be, you start to need to be cautious about, uh, you know, where you're getting your money because those, you know, some people, they feel like they give you money and then they're going to run your company or they, they need a lot of hand-holding. It's like, look, you're going to be way too busy running your business to be hand-holding people. Yeah, you need to you know, fill them in on what's going on. But you know, if they need constant reassurance that their money is safe, then you've gotten money from the wrong people. You don't need those people involved in your business because it's going to screw you up. All right, any questions from the chat? We do. We have a real good one from Spider Wrangler, uh, and oh, it goes Spider back Wrangler. to your crowdfunding um, question. Uh, he says, I wonder if the guys have heard much about people using crowdfunding type sources. Uh-huh. There are seven breweries that have or are opening this year in central Ohio. Wow, seven. Uh, and a number of them have done Kickstarter. too many. <laughs> uh, and a number of them are have done Kickstarter or other uh-huh. campaigns. While right. the amount of money they gain uh, with this isn't a lot in the grand scheme, it seems they're doing it more... As a judge of public interest and mm-hmm. as a means of advertising, right? Uh, what do you guys think of that? No, I, I, I think any sort of social thing you can do to get uh, you know people aware and get any sort of buzz going, I think is is you know uh, a good thing. Mm. If you can get money out of it at the same time, that's great. I think there's a potential for backlash there, where those people are you know I didn't get anything out of this. But if you're yeah. promising, it's like, well, you'll get a you know a free growler, and you know we'll shake your hand at the brewery type of thing, like a, a lot of those things do. Then I I don't see anything wrong with it as long as you can fulfill that and make those people happy. Yeah. Later on, um, and feel like you know they got their money's worth, what they were promised they got, and maybe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Then I'm cool with it. But if you promise people little things and then don't deliver, I, I got a real problem with that because. 
not only I think it's wrong, but I think it's going to have a backlash on you. And these people are going to go out and say, oh, you know, they said they would do this. And I, you know, put my $25 in it. I got screwed. Right. And it's going to hurt you more than, than you could ever imagine. So never, never screw any of your investors because, you know, then you're, well, I mean, you're you know, screwed. literally, not, or figuratively, not literally. Literally, right. it's probably okay. Well, it might be real, real good. Right. I think as, um, as a means of advertising, it kind of misses the mark because, yeah. You get funding, you get twenty five grand or whatever, you're right. not gonna do much with it. Right. First of all. I mean that pays for maybe some licensing and whatever. But it I mean it, it, what, six months to a year after yeah. maybe you're open, maybe. Right. By then there's already another brewery open. I people think, have moved on. I think the craft beer market is very volatile right. where you are vying for people's True. attention all the True. time. So but I think they might remember going, Oh hey, you were I think socially you know, I think once they part with the money, I think that yeah. you know, socially they feel involved mm-hmm. and they're gonna help promote it. Because they've in, invested. True. Yeah. Probably. So I, think, I think that might be that might be one of the ways. But I wonder if you if you if you do that campaign to help start your opening. Uh-huh. You know where you get your money from traditional services, right, uh, right. you know loans and whatever, right. and then maybe you can do some a, extra a, money. It's like oh, you know, help build our tasting room, yeah, maybe. something like that. And yeah. then and then your your brewery. I think the Heretic Tasting Room could be built off of Done. something like that. I think yeah. so too. Uh, that was it. Right. No, I, th- I think that's. Uh, I think JP bringing up some excellent points, and um, well, I'm an excellent guy. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that uh, you know that's that's something to consider. And and the whole crowdfunding, cloudfunding uh, thing, uh, the rules are changing on those are in play. I mean, uh, technically that might have been illegal. So <laughs> now oh. it's kind of like written into the jobs thing. Okay, we'll allow that, and so uh, you know, keep keep an eye on that. that. Those are always changing, and and you need to be very careful of what you promise people on those things because that can get you in trouble as well. So check that out. All right, uh, if you're listening live, stay tuned. Uh, especially you, Spider Wrangler, uh, he's always there for us, and uh, we appreciate that. That's true. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have another live show for you coming up uh, next, and uh, if you're uh, listening to the podcast, it's gonna be, gonna be about two weeks. Uh, check out our, our store, thebrewingnetwork.com. Lots of goodies in there for you to, to buy. I just signed a whole bunch of yeast books, so there's signed yeast books available in the store today. That's right. And uh, you know, check out uh, all the other goodies that are available. Uh, JP was sorting through them. I, I saw lots of good shirts and hats and things like that. Yeah, we and, have a lot of uh, new uh, new old merch. We call it retro merch. Retro. So all of our like leftover Winterfest, Summerfest, crap. Yeah, uh, five bucks. There you Five go. bucks get you a new T-shirt. I think maybe hoodies are twenty. Nice, They're a pretty good deal. And right. uh, yeah, so check Bells those out. Beer store. glasses, things like that. Yes, and, sir. Uh, you can also subscribe to uh, BYO Magazine. That's uh, true. And get set up with that, and uh, half of that subscription price goes to the Brewing Network, which is a good deal for you. You get a great magazine. Good deal for the Brewing Network. You help support programming like this, and uh, very cool overall. And uh, John, see John in Buenos Aires. In Buenos yeah. Aires. August 13th through 16th. Yep. Well, the, the conference itself, I think, is the 16th, 17th, and 18th. Yep. I'm not mistaken. But All I'll right. be there a little ahead of time and you know, I'm there a couple days afterward. Yeah, chewing those cocoa leaves, dude. <laughs> <laughs> is that I a euphemism some for something? Beef. No, chew, it's chew li- my cocoa leaves, baby. Literally. Anyway. All right. Well, until then, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong, everybody. 